Blog Talk Radio. Everywhere and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and as many of you know, one of my non-human family members is a parrot named Petey. He is my baby, and he's spoiled rotten, which isn't necessarily a good thing for parrots. So to get me back on the right path today, I've invited Sue Bentheim from the Lily Sanctuary to our program to talk about all the do's and don'ts of parrot care and also about the wonderful feathered orphans at her facility that are looking for homes. Then after our halftime break, fish expert Jim Herman will be stopping by to tell everyone about the annual aquarium decorating contest at the upcoming Pet Expo at the Orange County Fairgrounds. In addition to the details on entering and all that good stuff, he'll have some great advice about fish care and all that goes into that. You're really going to enjoy what these two have to say, so keep your radio tuned right here to K Mozart for more of the Pet Place Radio Show. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on K-Mozart. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining me now is Sue Benheim from the Lily Sanctuary. Hi, Sue. Welcome to the Pet Place. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. You know, I was uh, joking around a little earlier on the show how I have a parrot son (laughs) in the family, and he's spoiled rotten and gets away with way too many things. I get scolded all the time by all my uh, parrot experts that come on the show. (laughs) So I'm glad you're here because, uh, you know, in addition to talking about parrots for all the listeners, you could give me some advice, too. Oh, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm here for. So so first of all, let's talk about the Lily Sanctuary. It's a wonderful place. It's in Orange County. And what does it do? Well, we... um rehabilitate parrots, we help rehome them, we sanctuary them, um, they, uh, they are he- some of them are here for life, they're lifers. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah, if they have some serious medical issues or handicaps, we've got kind of a little bit of each. We've got the very healthy to the very um, not so healthy, Aww. and um, yeah, yeah, and so... They get extra, extra special attention, special diet, uh, um, behavioral help with Wonderful. issues, etc. Well, how do you get all the parrots in? Where do they come from? Well, we um, it started years ago when Dan and Danette uh, volunteered for an AIDS organization, and they had their parrot. And word gets around uh-huh. <laughs> when you when you own one, uh-huh. and some of the patients um, ask them to promise to take care of their uh, birds if something were to happen to them, and that's how they started. There's several birds here still from uh, 20, well, 15 to 20 years ago. Wow! From when they volunteered with that, that's where they used to spend all their free, well, not free time, but their Okay, and they are the founders of the Lily Sanctuary? Yes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they started with that, and then, again, word gets around, and people 
started giving them their birds. Wow. And, right. And so they decided, you know, to start a 501c3. This was about seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been going crazy ever since. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. And I know that parrots are very popular, and a lot of people don't really realize what they're getting into when they bring a parrot home. And and it's it's really very heartbreaking because in very short order, they want to get rid of their parrots like it's nothing. Right. And I just don't understand. Is there something that you can tell the listeners right now about why they should not get a parrot unless they're truly committed? <laughs> well, they take a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. They are they're they are very messy, very noisy. They all bite. Oh, definitely. All the little bite. No Even matter if how. They love you. Yeah, yeah. They and then they laugh after. Uh-huh. <laughs> or they'll bite you and say "ow" after. <laughs> We've got that too. <laughs> You're bleeding. You're going thanks a lot. You know. I mean, they're just. They are. Um, they're very different from other uh, pets because. They're emotional. They feel your emotion. They're not going to come and sit up on your lap and um, when you're having a bad day and try to, oh, I love you, mommy. You know, they're going to be. Uh, they feel how you feel. Mm-hmm. They react how uh, when you're emotional about something. They think since they're flock animals that they have to be all emotional too. Or if you're mad about <laughs> something, that they have to be all mad too. You know, because that's what the flock is doing. That's what the flock leader is doing. So I have to do that right. too. I have to yell because she's mad about something, and so I'm going to meet her decibel level and raise her a few. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. They're just just very interesting. They're quite, quite different from any other pet you They're super, super intelligent, too. I think so many people don't recognize how ultra-intelligent parrots and birds in general are. It's amazing. I'm... I I would rate them higher than dogs and cats, personally. <laughs> and they're very conniving, and they love to get into mischief to see what kind of reaction they'll get. Oh, yeah. Play games and, you know, get you to laugh and get you to yell. <laughs> oh, they have yeah. a great time. I mean, they're, they play interactive games, yeah. which cracks me up, the things that, that my parrot comes up with. and. <laughs> But they do make wonderful, wonderful pets, too, if you're willing to put up with your furniture getting gnawed on and, you, you know, potentially losing a finger. And <laughs> sort of They're also so loving, too. They are. I mean, they, they are, are so affectionate, especially those cockatoos. Yeah, that's, that's what my boy is. Well, you know, it's interesting to watch his cycle through the day and also through the year. Mm-hmm. In the morning, he's Mr. Lovey-Dovey. He mm-hmm. wants to snuggle. He'll Aww. turn his head up and he'll stare at me with his big <laughs> eyes. Like, he just loves me more than anything. And at nighttime, when it's bedtime, he hates me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's a two-year-old. It's not time. I don't want to go to bed, Mommy. Oh, he, you know, they're yeah. just like perpetual two-year-olds for 70 years. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and that brings up a really good point, because my cockatoo is obviously going to outlive me. Yes. And you need to think about that if you bring a parrot into your life. What arrangements should people make if they're going well, to get a parrot? What we would love to see <laughs> a lot more of is... Uh-huh. 
Uh, just a, a directive for the bird because um, we'll get birds in from death. That's one of the one of the many reasons why people rehome them. Uh, it's the, uh, the owner uh, passes away, mm-hmm. and the kids are going, "I hate this bird." <laughs> And so uh, here, take it, you know. And then there's nothing. There's no, no nothing for the bird. No directions. No, no where. And so I get a lot of calls for rehoming uh, because of death. And so, um, and if it's a not bird has become so attached to his, you know, family member that yeah. passes away. Can they be successfully rehomed? Will they ever adjust and get over the heartbreak? Because they really do go through major heartbreak when somebody dies. Yes, they do. And the the good thing to know and to remember is that they are um, they live in the moment. Mm-hmm. They are built to survive, and they take in everything in their environment, and they work with it, and they. Um, will never forget ever their owner, their previous owner, mm-hmm. but they adapt very readily and quickly to whatever environment they're in and new people. Okay. Um, and it's really cool because it's very evident. It's, this is the fun part for me is that because I do all the adoptions is that I can, I can so read their minds and see how they pick a person. And when that happens, it's so evident. They're just goo goo gaga over this person, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's so instant. It's so funny. It's their oh yeah. But anyway, yes. Yeah. <laughs> just knowing that they live in the moment, mm-hmm. they are very, very adaptable. They're built to survive. They're a prey animal and they have all kinds of coping mechanisms for survival. One of which is quickly assessing their uh, environment mm-hmm. to be safe and healthy and uh, do their job to procreate and uh, <laughs> eat and, you know. <laughs> uh, oh, anyway. That's a whole other show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. But they, I don't yeah. want to give listeners the idea either that they could just set them free <laughs> and they'll adapt and be fine right. either. I mean, they're pets. And right. you need to make sure they're always in a home. If you set them free, that's that's really bad news. It's deadly because of the fact that when they're in a home, when they have been a pet, um, they are never taught to forage, uh, what to eat, where to eat, where to find what mm-hmm. to eat, because the life in the city is a little bit different from the rainforest. Mm-hmm. And um, when they are taught to. Uh, feed and fly and all that, it's usually from their parents from the nest. Uh-huh. And so we have not, we don't have that ability to teach them to forage. And also when people release their birds, usually as if they have been a pet and non-flighted, they're not healthy enough to keep up with the wild flocks. Right. They're also exposed to diseases that they have no immunity to. Mm-hmm. They also don't, uh, they, uh, we've seen birds um, that have been picked up, literally who have hit windows and been picked up and oh. stuck in a box and brought to us, that have aspergillosis, which is a fungal disease all through their body. Oh. Other ones that have been shot by BBs. Yeah. Um, you know, people, people just don't release your bird because it will become a victim of, of pre- predation. 
from owls and hawks. And, oh, definitely. Yeah. And this is a good time, too, to remind people that if you have a parrot, keep its wings clipped because... You know, accidentally your bird can escape, and it doesn't want to leave you. It loves you, but if it's flying and it's going, woohoo, it's far away from home really fast, and then all of a sudden it says, uh-oh, I don't know how to get back home. So I see signs posted on uh, telephone poles all the time for lost birds, and it is just so sad, and it's sad for the people, and it's definitely sad for the it's for the scary. birds. Yeah, it's very, very scary for them. Get those Again. things clipped. Yeah. Keep the wings clipped. That is a big thing with us, too. How can people find out more about parrots? Does the Lily Sanctuary have a website, and can you adopt uh, birds? Are there pictures on the website so people can see what's there? Oh, we have such a great website, and we're working. It's a work in progress, and we just got the new one up. It's www.lilysanctuary, L-I-L-Y, sanctuary.org. Okay. And... We have pictures of our adoptables, but I have to also mention that we only have so much room here at the sanctuary, so we have a a program as well where I help the people keep their bird until I can adopt it right from their home. Oh, that's outstanding. Oh, yes. So there are not only the six or eight birds that we only are up for adoption here right now, there's a a 50 more waiting to come in. Excellent. So you have so much information. I wish I had more time to talk to you, but the time (laughs) has just flown by. (laughs) Well, thank you. This has been wonderful. Anything I can do to spread the word and get people educated. We'll have you back again soon. And we need to take a very quick break now, but when we return, fish expert Jim Herman will be checking in to talk about a super fun kids' aquarium contest coming up at Pet Expo. So stay tuned to K-Mozart. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show with Jim Herman, who is our local fish and aquarium expert. Good morning, Jim. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Marie. I'm doing fine. That's great. You know, I met you last year when my youngest daughter participated in a very fun competition over at the Orange County Fairgrounds for the annual aquarium decorating contest at Pet Expo, and I understand they're going to have another one this year. That's correct. Can you tell me a little bit about it? How can you enter? Are there fees? What are the dates? All that good stuff. Yeah. Basically starts off, there's a $5 entry fee, Mm -hmm. and the child needs to provide the contents of the aquarium. Okay. So it would basically be the fish and the decorations and gravel. Ah, okay. WPA, the World Pet Association, through the sponsorship of many manufacturers, provide all the hardware. The oh. tank, heater, filter, aquarium light. Okay. And you get to keep the aquarium when you're all done, right? That's correct. That is very cool. So for a $5 fee plus all of your decorations and your fish that you bring along, you get to leave the competition, win or lose, with an aquarium. Right. That is awesome. How many kids normally participate? Uh, we usually have somewhere between 30 and 40. That's a pretty good number. And do and you get some pretty creative uh, tank decorations? Yes, we do. Can you tell me what some of the winners looked like? Oh, geez, that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> I remember seeing one that was uh, decorated like a jail. 
which was pretty funny. And there were, there were fish that were swimming around. It seemed like the fish had black and white stripes, too, so they were... Yeah, they might like have been were... something like that, or they might have had a convict cichlid uh-huh. in there or something. <laughs> That's pretty cute. What have been some of the most creative uh, set designs that you've seen over the years? I know you've been doing this a while. Oh. <laughs> hard yeah, to choose. It's, yeah, it's it's hard to choose. It's hard hard to really think back. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. I know that uh, some things are probably not good to put in water. Perhaps they leach chemicals that could be toxic for the fish. Do you have any um, recommendations on what people should use yeah, and you, what should they should avoid? You probably want to stay from away from metal products. You know, like car toys or anything like that. Okay. Uh, you want to make sure your decorations don't float. Ah, that would be bad. You get everything set up, and then you add the water, and your whole display is floating up top. Right. <laughs> because, I mean, a lot of them have done, uh, say, like a farmyard or mm-hmm. something like that. They'll use the plastic animals, and they obviously float, so it kind of detracts from the whole setup. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of your decorations floating in the water. All your barnyard animals have drowned. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And what kind of fish are hardy enough to get through this type of competition? I know you wouldn't want to bring, you know, a $300 fish right. that you put into this tank for the first time. Most of your live bears are good. Uh, basically, platies and swordtails. Okay. Mollies are a little bit, uh, can be a little bit touchy. Okay. Uh, zebra danios are good. Goldfish? Uh, you know, everybody likes goldfish because they're inexpensive. Uh-huh. And they they can be okay. But a lot of people, I think, tend to buy feeder goldfish, mm-hmm. which are not good. Okay. Because so. they're just, they're, they're mass-produced. I mean, they're basically used for feeders, so they don't, they're not taken care of that well. Oh. So they're not, a lot of times they may not be that healthy to start out with. I see. How about guppies? Guppies are good. Okay. You don't necessarily need the fancy ones with the big tails or anything like that. I mean, they stand out better. Mm Mm-hmm. And what kind of fish generally is a real eye-catcher for judges, if we're going to give some tips? (laughs) You know, that's hard to say because a lot of times the kids actually come up with some fantastic concepts. Mm Mm-hmm. And they use a specific type of fish, I mean, playing off the name of the fish. Oh, okay, okay. As a theme, you know, with their decorations. Now, if somebody comes in and they really, they don't have a clue about fish or aquariums, but they want to participate, do you guys help them out and give them some advice on on fish care and and what they should do to to make a nice, healthy aquarium? Yes, we can do that. Oh, that's Uh, fabulous. You know, I mean, it's kind of tough because a lot of times they'll have the fish. They bring the fish in with them, so it's kind mm-hmm. of a done deal when they come in. Okay. They should do try doing a little bit of research beforehand. Oh, excellent you know, either idea. Yeah. Just go to the library and, and get a book, uh-huh. or you know, there's a lot of online resources. Okay. Is there a website that talks about the aquarium contest and says what you need to do yeah. and where you need to go? Do you have that website? You can either... Go to the World Pet Association website, and it'll be worldpetassociation.org, spelled out. Okay. Or you can go to, let's see, what do they have? Petexpooc.org. 
Okay. And that should take you right to the, the pet fair. And you'll, if you go to the World Pet Association, you'll have to hit some links. What are the days of the Pet Expo this year, and do the kids who are participating in the aquarium contest come before the expo starts? Yes. The dates are April 20th through 22nd, okay. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Set up for the Kids Aquarium Contest will be Thursday afternoon from, like, noon to 8, and Friday morning, 8 to 10. Okay. And are there categories, maybe divisions by age or anything like that? We we try to have age divisions, and we also have uh, three categories, uh, kind of thematic, uh, creative, and natural. Oh, okay. Now, as it works out... A lot of times uh, we don't get an even split in age groups or mm-hmm. types of types of uh, themed aquarium setup. Mm-hmm. So it. So you might combine some. Yeah. I see. Or I'll, I'll change the age groups, you know, and, and maybe put an eight-year-old with nine, ten, and eleven-year-olds. Oh, all right. Or all something right. like that to try to try to even it out. So we have, you know, you don't want to have forty people. In one grouping and ten people in another. Oh right. So I try to even it out as much, as easily as I can. I see. And what is the maximum age? Is it like twelve, thirteen? Oh, sixteen. Yeah. Wow, that's great. So you could get some high school students in there too. Yeah, to actually, have a good time. we would like to do that. Uh, I mean, this could be a class-related project. Oh, tell me about that. How would that work? Uh, well. I'm assuming, you know, you get a, a science teacher, and they could do a class plan with, uh, say, a particular part of the world, Southeast Asia or South America or some African, mm-hmm. you know, West African, East African type thing, and do a habitat-type tank where they'd have to research what fishes are from that area and what type of living conditions Okay. You know, they would experience living there and then try to replicate that in the aquarium. Oh, that would be cool. And then the aquarium would come back to the classroom and and be there all year for the class. Wow, that's a really great idea. So teachers out there, if you're listening, (laughs) check out those websites that Jim was just mentioning. Tell me again, it was petexpooc.org? Okay, okay, excellent. And this is coming up in April, so it's coming up fast, so you should get some research done. Jim, I know you're a big fish and aquarium enthusiast, and and you have some of your own tanks. And we were talking earlier, you have 50 tanks? Pretty much, on and off. (laughs) The number can can change. Oh, my goodness. What kind of fish do you have, and what's your favorite? I'm kind of a generalist. I started off a long time ago with cichlids. Okay. And I'm a life member of the American Cichlid Association, and uh-huh. I also belong to the American Live Bear Association. Uh-huh. But right now at this time, I keep a little bit of everything. I mean, I have guppies and live bears and cichlids and barbs and tetras, danios. Wow. Eclectic. Well, I have a question for you. We saw a beautiful fish that seemed like he was so aware of his surroundings. He was a Petrochromus langala. And my my youngest daughter said, oh, I want to get him. He's pretty expensive, though. And I'm wondering what goes into the care of a Petrochromus langala. <laughs> that's hard to say because that's 
one fish I'm not really familiar with. Oh, it sounds, okay. sounds like an East African species. Well, he's from uh, he's from a lake in Madagascar, apparently. Madagascar. Species. And he's a he's a chicklid. Am I saying that correctly? That sounds right. Yes. And and apparently he needs uh, major filtration because they're apparently very messy fish. <laughs> I don't know if I want to get into that or not. Yeah. Well, you have to you'd have to look that up online. Yeah. Uh, probably find out what it is. But it, there was it not a like whole lot be... about them online, so I was hoping you could answer this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like I'm saying. Unfortunately, that's a species I'm not familiar with. Oh, okay. Uh, but anything... I stumped to the fish expert. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, with over 5,000 species of fish, I'm sure more than that, it's kind of hard to be an expert. On <laughs> okay, okay. I'm sorry for throwing that stumper at you. Well, you know, Jim, I sure appreciate you stopping by today and sharing all the information about the contest and fish care and the Big Pet Expo. So thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, You're welcome. We need to take one last break now, but don't go away because we'll be right back with Pet Place News and Events here on K-Mozart. Back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Now, not too long ago, we talked about the big kids' pet parade in San Juan Capistrano. Well, that's today, and you have plenty of time to load up the kids and the pets and head on over to La Novia Park for this very special annual event. The park is located on the east side of the I 5 freeway on the corner of La Novia and Calle Arroyo. All children between the ages of 5 and 12 can show off their favorite animals in contest categories that range from the cutest, most unusual, best team costume, funniest, to most obedient, and that's for the pet, not the child. All pets must be leashed, haltered, or caged, and an adult, not necessarily leashed, haltered, or caged, must accompany children. A special Judge's Choice Prize will be awarded, and this winner will be given the opportunity to be in the Swallows Day Parade, which is really huge down in San Juan Cap. Some past winners have included pet potato bugs, dogs, ducks, and ponies. What's your pet? There is a $3 entry fee, and registration begins at 11.30 a.m. A hot dog lunch will be provided for kids' pet parade participants by the San Juan Capistrano Fiesta Association. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on K-Mozart. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please spay or neuter your pets, and have a wonderful day. Thank you.